0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hello. <laughs> Desi was like, "Rachel, I am about to scare the shit out of you."
1: Oh, really? I mean, I feel like it's pretty creepy. Oh, really? Creepy. You just said that. Well, now I'm worried about overselling it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I find these very creepy because I reread them, and I was like, oh, these are creepy. So I have some creepy stories from you today. Uh, I'm sorry, for you today. And then I have a few funny news stories afterwards that will hopefully hopefully, like take the scary edge off. Thanks, Desi. You're welcome. So sort of... I honestly was struggling with what I was going to do today. Uh, So we got a listener email, though, that I'm going to read first. And that kind of inspired my choice today. So I will read you this email. It is from an anonymous. He wants to remain anonymous. So anyway, here we go. I don't know if you're still welcoming ghost stories from listener, but this one is kind of unique. It's not just a ghost story, but a true crime story. (gasps) I went to college in the early 90s in upstate New York. I lived in a building that was built in the 1860s. There was a lot of ghost stories floating around, rumors of dorm rooms permanently sealed due to grisly suicides, strange sounds at night. I did see a ghost there one morning, but that's not what this story is about. I was close friends with a girl that lived next door in my dorm hallway. Let's call her Alice. We had a mutual friend that I'll call Sarah. The three of us thought it would be fun to take a Ouija board up to the attic and try to talk to spirits. Sarah invited an acquaintance named Wyndham to come with us. The dorm's attic was accessible via a staircase. The attic had a huge vaulted ceiling and turrets. Turrets? Yeah, turrets Turrets. are those conical... It was filled with cobwebs and abandoned furniture. I can't remember what we used for light. I think there were working ceiling lights um, that we turned on as we made our way. We found a little alcove with some chairs and stools. Obviously, other people had ventured up there to party or maybe to do what we were doing. We started playing with the Ouija board, asking it questions about whether the building was haunted. It was benign at first. But then we asked it this question, what do you want? It said, I want to kill Alice. (gasps) As soon as it spelled out Alice's name, we screamed and ran. Alice had trouble walking because she was so scared. So I half carried her back to her room. We sat there for a while until she was feeling calm. Then I went to bed. I'm getting like goosebumps right now. (laughs) Me too. The next day, Sarah told us that Wyndham had admitted that he was behind it all. He had taken control and made the spirit say that it wanted to kill Alice. I was disgusted. I never trusted Wyndham again, but he continued to remain connected to several circles of friends during my four years at school, so I ended up hanging out with him often, but we were never close. He was well-liked overall. He was even elected a class officer at some point. Anyway, after graduation, I saw very little of him, just at the occasional uh, reunion, but that memory of his nasty trick with the Ouija board always stuck with me. Then a couple of years ago, I was in Chicago on business. One night in my hotel room, I turned on the local news and there was Wyndham's face on the broadcast. A young man had been found brutally murdered in his Chicago apartment, stabbed to death. Wyndham, a scientist and professor at a local university, was missing. Over the next 24 hours, it became clear that Wyndham was a suspect in the murder and that he was on the run with another man. Both of them turned up in California a few days later when they surrendered to police. Wyndham and his accomplice had been in jail ever since on murder charges. This is what the police allege. Wyndham was dating the murder victim. He struck up an online friendship with another man in England. Somehow the two of them developed a mutual fantasy that they would work together to murder Wyndham's um, boyfriend, captured it on video, and then kill each other. The British man flew to Chicago, they murdered the man, and then chickened out on the last part. I don't know how much of this is true, but it appears the police collected a lot of their online communication and Wyndham's accomplice has pled guilty and agreed to testify against him. So now Wyndham Lanthi... Latham is waiting trial for murder and I am left remembering that night from 25 years ago when he made a Ouija board say that it wanted to kill my friend. I'm wondering if he was fantasizing about murder even back then. Maybe, maybe not. I'm just glad he didn't act on it on the to- at the time.
0: <gasps>
1: Isn't that creepy?
0: That is chilling.
1: That's like a movie plot. That- the, the
0: murder, like these two guys getting together. Like that is creepy. I agree with this guy that I would have not trusted him after he played that little prank. That was so scary. Can That's, you imagine that happening? That, like, I can I can accept if you're going to make the Ouija board say something, if it's something like, uh, you know, I'm here in the room with you. Yeah, or like, just making any answer like pushing any answer into existence but But to say specifically i'm going to kill alice like what what reaction do you are you trying to get there you're obviously trying to freak somebody out like that is a demented person
1: yeah so after i read that story i thought it would be fun in quotes (laughs) to explore some other close calls that people had with killers and i found a bunch on reddit and here are some some of the ones i found that i've Thought we were all pretty fucking scary. So the first one, it was my biological dad's thirtieth birthday, and we decided we decided to throw him a surprise party and invited a bunch of people from his work. My brother and I were in our room playing on the Sega Genesis because it was all adults, and we just wanted to stay out of their way. While we were playing, a dude comes in and sits on our bed to watch us play. He said his name was Danny and asked us a bunch of weird questions. Do you guys take the bus to school? How old are you? What's your favorite food? He just gave us a bad vibe and seemed off somehow. Like he was too interested in what we were doing. My mom came in and sees him in there with us and tells us to go watch movies in her room. So my brother and I say goodbye and go to her room instead. A couple of months later, my parents were watching the news and Danny is on the TV. He ended up being Daniel Conahan Jr., the hog trail killer. He killed over a dozen gay men in our area and tortured them, left them tied to trees in the woods to die.
0: (gasps) And he was in their house. He was
1: in their house in the bedroom with the little boys. Oh my God. Isn't that scary? Okay. So this person... The next story um, comes from a person. This happened to family friends of him. Uh, This is involving the Zodiac Killer. So this couple who are family friends of his were together in their car on one of the lover's lanes or whatever those spots were called where couples went to hook up the wife got a weird feeling in her gut and begged the husband to leave he was kind of upset because he was in town for one night from the military so this was their one night together finally she convinced him to leave they told the only other couple at the spot that they were leaving because at the time the zodiac was known to be active so people kept an eye out for each other years later the zodiac wrote into the newspaper detailing one of his killer killings on lover lane he described the exact car and said there were two couples left and he was going to take them both out before one the couples went up to the other couple and gave them a heads up that they were leaving right when they left he killed the other couple that stayed (gasps) every detail of the night from the date to the cars to the time matches up perfectly so they knew it was them who had left just in time
0: no this is a friend who wrote that story or an acquaintance it's like
1: he knows they're family friends of his parents he knows this like a couple yeah uh, okay, so the next one is um, something that happened to the writer about six years ago. He worked at a truck stop in the town that he lives. One day, a random dude shows shows up. His car was full of junk. Clothing he was wearing was all stained. It looked like he shit himself, and he had a very weird vibe about him. I mean, if you think someone shit themselves, <laughs> that's definitely a weird vibe. He was there for three days, I believe, because you, know, you can kind of hang out, like stay at truck stops yeah. for a while. Now,
0: this Redditor... Worked at a truck He stock? worked there.
1: Okay. Day one, he tried bombing smokes off me, told me he didn't have any, and that was about it. Day two, he changed his clothes and left the dirty ones on the counter. I told him he had to remove them as I was not going to touch them. He threw them away, and I took the trash out. Day three, before he left, he went to the other side and asked for bags to put on his shoes. Weird requests. No one gave him any, and he told them and told him to go to Walmart across the highway to buy some. A day later, the Fargo FBI showed up, turned out his name was Henry Deniger, and he was wanted for questioning about his wife being stabbed to death the stain i thought was shit was his wife's blood they went to dig through the trash to find all of the clothing of course they caught him about an hour from my town and told me that they'll stay in touch as i might have to testify seeing him wearing the clothes clothes and being at my job apparently two of his ex-wives had been on some had been in some sort of freak accident that caused their death the other left before she got hurt so we know he killed at least one of them uh, probably the other two, but no one knows yet because they haven't finished the investigation. Last I heard, he tried the insanity plea. I'm not expecting much to come of it. Like I said, it's been six years, so I'll probably never hear anything again. Wasn't really interesting, I'll admit, uh, to making me feel uneasy when I found out. I'm sorry, I guess it wasn't interesting when it happened necessarily, but then when he found out it was. Uh, so that's creepy. Now, here's the second, another one. Years ago, I went with my mom to visit a friend of hers. I sat bored out of my mind while they sipped their teacups and waffled on all afternoon. This person's from the UK. The friend's (laughs) rather weird adult son, quite a bit older than me, was also there in the house, but didn't really engage much. I barely spoke more than a few polite sentences to him. My parents didn't tell me till years later, but he started stalking me. They would hear all sorts of sounds at night. I had no idea. I just carried on as usual. I biked to school, stayed for gymnastics, Spike to the pool, etc. I'm not sure how long it lasted. Fast forward a few years, a young girl in our town went missing after school. A week or so later, they found her body dumped. You guessed it, it wound up being the son of my mom's friend. That's, what, that's when they told me that what had happened. Apparently, my mom finally caught him in a, and they had a word with his parents. So that, that guy was stalking the daughter, and the parents like never even told her what was going on. Isn't that creepy? Oh, my God. Okay. This story. So this guy, uh, this poster said that when he was a, a kid, his mom was stalked by an ex. And he, or she recalls remembering the first time he did something that really struck her as off. She says, I came home from school and found him in our house going through things in my mom's bedroom. He was acting kind of manic, like he was ruffling through things, but not actually doing anything in particular, not looking or taking anything. He kept talking to me about how he thought of me as his daughter, which was news to me. We got along, but weren't that close, blah, 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 all this emotional stuff. It was weird, but he seemed volatile somehow, like he wasn't all there. So I just acted agreeable and started talking normally as possible about the chores I needed to do before my mom got home from work and left him alone in the room. He left the house shortly after that without another word. I told my mom about it when she got home and she was very disturbed. Turns out she had broken up with him and taken back his key to our house earlier that day and hadn't told me yet. We realized he had broken into the house through the garage and at the time when he knew I would be there alone. (sighs) That was the beginning of nearly a year of stalking and several break-ins, eventually ending in him murdering my mom, his (gasps) three-year-old daughter, and pulling a a death by cop to commit suicide. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Isn't that creepy? So this one did
0: affect them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, she... She didn't affect her, but eventually, yeah. it didn't...
0: I mean, it affects her with her mom. It didn't... He didn't murder the the reader, but... Yeah. She this was this wasn't even a close call. This was really, no. this this is so awful.
1: Yeah. Really scary. Okay. Honestly, I had to include this one because it kinda reminded you, Rachel, because this is an ex drug addict. It what? It reminded you reminded of- me of you. Oh, thanks. Because it's ex drug addict going
0: to McDonald's. <laughs> Hey, Sorry. I will have you know that was I, when I was in the deep dark abyss of my addiction. My one meal a week was the spicy crispy chicken sandwich from Jack in the Box. Oh right. That's right.
1: I've never had that. So that's like an OG crispy spicy sandwich, chicken sandwich.
0: That shit was good. And then I'd get it with a side of curly fries with ranch. Ooh. Dude, that was my You were meal. like
1: bulking up on calories for that meal. Because I
0: didn't eat. I ate once a week. I had no money. <laughs> I had no desire to eat except that one time a week when I'd come out of my stupor.
1: So this girl, while she was on drugs, would regularly pop into McDonald's to use their ATM or bathroom or whatever. And the employees were like on to her bullshit because she would do drugs in the bathroom, et cetera. One time, one of the male employees, along with three female employees, yelled at her to get out of the bathroom. It was less than five minutes from my drug dealer's house, and his MO at the time was to uh, shoot randomly into cars.
0: (laughs) This sounds like my (laughs) ex-boyfriend.
1: I regularly waited in line 30 plus minutes to pick up. It was the McDonald's... uh, Sorry. I don't know. Waited in, in line 30 minutes to pick up. I'm not sure what that means. Anyway, she was an addict... At that time, so so shortly after this, she does go to rehab. Now, while she's uh, in rehab, she's watching the local news and she sees the guy from McDonald's. The worker? The employee is on the news being arrested. He is the Seminole Heights serial killer, a Tampa Bay serial killer. So she watches him bust and she says, I'm in there taking meds at rehab. I told the nurses the whole story. Can you imagine being in rehab and be
0: like, that's the guy who used to bust me at McDonald's all the time? Wow. I mean, I can't imagine that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I did look up some of these killers, and they all like have Wikipedia page. Like, they're all pretty big, even though I didn't recognize any of them. He killed like four people, Holy this guy. Shit. Yeah. So this happened in Florida, obviously, <laughs> of course. Um, so this is another weird one. This person said that it was New Year's Eve, and he went to meet his sister and her partner for a couple of drinks before going to a party. They were at a pub in London. It was New Year's Eve, so the place was obviously very packed. However, there was a weird guy on a sofa that basically sat four, and three seats were unoccupied. So they kind of went across to the guy, and they said, hey, can we sit in the sofa with you? He said that it was fine. Um, The guy was quite old, disheveled, with a ragged beard, and didn't smell great. The two things that jumped out to me most, though, were the fact that he was absolutely huge, six foot four or five, and he was... He describes him as being wide as a door, and he was strangely wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt, which just looked odd on him because he was much older. Anyway, he grunted on and let the three of us sit. We talked amongst ourselves, but he kept staring at this guy's sister. She's a good-looking lady, so at first I was kind of like, uh ah, whatever, but then it was very intense in a creepy way. Suddenly, he butted into our conversation and asked her name. My sis, who was like a kindly hippie type, just kept... Kept having the conversation with him, like kind of engaging with him. I asked what he did, and he said he was a video game designer. Spider Dude kept asking for my sister's address and phone number until her partner said to him nicely to stop. He looked furious and didn't say much else apart from talking to my sister a little bit more. It got more uncomfortable because he continued to stare in a menacing way. Eventually, we got up and left, um, and and that was the end of that night. On the 2nd of January, so a few days later, I was on my way to work and stopped off at the shop as usual to buy a newspaper to read on the train. When I got to the paper rack, I was absolutely floored. The front page, there was a picture of Spider Dude. One in particular, there was a full-length picture of him wearing the same Spider-Man t-shirt that I saw him in that night.
0: I was going to ask.
1: Yeah. The headlines were, wanted and on the run. Turns out our drinking partner was Anthony Hardy. Hardy had over the course of the previous day or two murdered and dismembered two women and dumped the body parts in commercial bins in the area around the pub we were at. He had then gone on the run and was eventually caught... uh, When he went to try and pick up his medication at a hospital, I called the police who came to visit my office. I called my sister who was in shock. She left her flat, which was around the corner from the pub for a few days and stayed with friends on the other side of London. Hardy was eventually convicted of three murders, but is suspected of committing up to nine.
0: Wow. Isn't that scary? That's so scary. So
1: this one... Uh, I mean, that's
0: like out of a movie where you open the newspaper <laughs> and it's there. Like the, the story you, that relates to you is right there.
1: I think it's... Another interesting thing, and who knows, because this is always after the fact, is usually you see these people, like a common trope is like, he's like, he was seemed like a normal guy. But these people all were like, this guy is weird. <laughs> like, yeah. These people all had the vibe. Like clearly some of these people are noticeably off. Right.
0: Uh, so it's, so you, but you don't know if it's like an after the fact thing, but they all kind of sound creepy. Right. But then you have your Dennis Raiders who everyone was like, he was a family man. Yeah. And I, I bet
1: you Dennis Raider was probably creepy.
0: Well, we know that after the fact, but you know what? (laughs) He, he, he might've been creepy to like a couple people. They were like, I don't like Dennis.
1: Yeah. Dennis is annoying. I probably would have been like oh he's creepy but I'm just weird around overly Christian people like I would have blamed it on him being super like Christian or something
0: that would have been your bias (laughs) that would have been my
1: personal bias um, okay. So this person said a few years ago, they were looking for a roommate to help pay rent and were introduced to someone through a mutual friend. We hit it off and he moved in. We eventually became really good friends. One day he came home from work in the middle of the day crying. So I asked what was wrong, assuming he got fired or something. And he told me there was something I should know. We sat down and he proceeds to tell me that that day was to be his son's 10th birthday, which was a surprise to me because he never mentioned having kids. kids. Turns out about 10 years prior, he had a newborn son with his girlfriend at the time. The baby woke up crying one night, and he said he just snapped, covered its mouth with his hand, and shook it, and then it stopped breathing, so he placed it back in the crib and covered it with a blanket. The girlfriend never knew what happened. Next morning, they called the police, and they ruled it an accidental death, so he basically confessed he's been living with the guilt of killing his son for almost a decade, and he's tired of running from the truth. I told him I didn't know what to say, but he was doing the right thing and that he needed to get some help. After that, he got up, went to his car, drove to the police station, and I never saw him again except on the news. As soon as he left, I immediately called the police because I didn't want to get caught up in any part of it. They had a detective come out and interview me and look for other stuff. Later on, I had to do a court deposition. I was just shocked, angry, sad, confused, everything all at once, especially because we were so close and he was so nice, very reserved, helpful, caring person. Wouldn't hurt a fly, as they say. He's doing 30 to
0: 40 years now. That uh, is awful. Can you imagine someone laying that on you? <laughs> like dude, that is awful. I, I, I imagine since he was living with them, he wasn't still with his wife. No. I mean, that's oh my God. Can you imagine being the mother and finding that out? I, uh, for ten years you thought it was like an well, accidental For ten I mean, losing a child no matter what the circumstances right. are are horrific. And I imagine that this woman went through many, many years of processing grief. Oh, totally. So this opens it up. It Well, it opens... Then you have to process this new grief all of a sudden. Yeah. Because it's, it's under totally new circumstances. Oh, this is awful. Yeah. Really How sad. creepy.
1: Okay. So this is not this guy's personal story. It's about his father... Um, So his father was in the army at the same time as Jeffrey Dahmer in Germany during the 80s. His dad was paired with him for a couple of tasks here and there, and Dahmer was his driver. My dad says instantly when they first met, he could tell there was something different about him. He says he seemed very bright and intelligent, which he distinctly remembers because he felt like most of the guys were knuckleheads. Then one evening, my dad went to the movies near the base with a friend, and they saw Dahmer standing in the middle of the street staring at, at the dad. He felt so creeped out that he left the movie theater. Fast forward years later, he gets a random phone call in the middle of the night. It's Dahmer asking if my dad remembers him from the army. Mm -hmm. My dad is obviously very confused and half asleep. Dahmer tells him he's at the Greyhound station in my dad's hometown and found his number in the phone book. Needless to say, my dad was very disturbed because they had only interacted a few times, but he remembered his first and last name and his hometown. He then asks, are you alone? And my dad just hangs up because he was so weirded out. At the time, he lived in the middle of nowhere in Arizona and never really locked his doors, but immediately after hanging up, he locked his doors. Years later, he gets to work and one of his co- co-workers is reading the newspaper. And My dad sees Dahmer's picture on the front page and my dad goes, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> And his co-worker goes, no, you don't.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? He said, that was so wild. I'm glad Dahmer didn't get my dad. Wait, Dahmer was staring at him in the movie theater? Like, when they went to the movies, he was in the street staring at him. How did he know if he was inside the theater? Was he in the concession? No, it was like
1: while they were walking to the theater, oh, like okay. outside the theater. He saw him in the street staring at them as they went into the so theater. Creepy. That's so creepy. What If you
0: knew Jeffrey Dahmer.
1: I part of me sometimes is shocked I've never known a killer because my family is such trash. Right, right. And it's right. such a big like
0: I have had weird, suspicious things in my family because it's also very large. I was gonna ask you if if you had any close calls or you knew anyone who had any of those kind of where you look after the fact and there's some horrific development. I don't
1: I mean, I definitely remember having yeah, I mean, there was that one weird guy I used to get candy from. <laughs> I, I thought I had put this story down, but this I, I didn't. And the the kid was saying there was some guy who was getting giving kids candy and killing them in his neighborhood. And the reason he didn't go was because he didn't like the candy the guy was offering. <sighs> And so it was like, he's like, he's like, thank God I just only liked Twizzlers. Because if he had Twizzlers, I probably would have gone to get it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I I meant to put it down because I felt like that was very relatable to me. Like, I'm not going for that kind of candy. Because I do feel susceptible as a child to going for candy. Well, you literally did that.
0: Yeah, I literally did it. Desi, for those of you who don't remember Desi's famous story of when she was a child, she went... Over to an old man's house because he (laughs) gave candy out. (laughs) Unbelievable. Just absolutely, I mean, this is where everyone, this is like peak Desi being led by her stomach. Seriously. And I knew better because I had really bad people in my (laughs) life. Well, and what, this was the 80s when this was like stranger danger yeah, was, totally. was popping off?
1: I mean, I knew about not taking candy from strangers. Like that was a thing already. But you were like, But yeah. it, I think it's like, you definitely feel like, ah, eh, it's just a nice old man, right? right? Like you're, you're thinking like, one of the flaws I think in those campaigns was they always made the people look dangerous and not like your neighbor. Exactly. That's what I feel like.
0: So for me, I was like, he lives next door to me. Why would he kill his neighbor child? Like Well, and that's we were joking about the He-Man PSA. Oh, right. The molestation PSA where it's like if you're being molested, talk to your priest or teacher about <laughs> right? it. It's like, well, a lot of the times these crimes against children being committed most of the time it's somebody they know. Yeah. That they're being groomed by. They're just not
1: accurate, I think, to protect children.
0: I had a friend, she wasn't a good friend of mine, but I definitely went to her house a few times when I was a kid. And years later, my mom like was like, oh my god, Rachel, I saw this guy on the like sex offender registry <gasps> like for molesting little girls. Ooh. And I went to the house. I went to that house. And I remember like looking at his face, and I hadn't seen his face in like a decade or whatever, and just getting total fucking goosebumps.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any other situation that I felt in danger. Although, I think the thing that's creepy is thinking that there was probably five situations I don't even know where I was in
0: danger. Just in general, all of us probably have these close calls we don't even know. Like, Well, my mom lived on Mount Tam in the 70s during the time that the Trailside Killer was was murdering hikers Ooh. and like my mom and her hippie friends or whatever lived like in his area where yeah. he was murdering people yeah like and i remember she told me she would they were everyone was so fucking freaked out
1: i mean the only serial killer that was operating in in a period where i was in the same area was uh joel rifkin
0: who's that he was, a Long Island, he
1: was a Long Island serial killer, but he only uh, killed sex workers.
0: Oh, was that the Long Island? I mean, not
1: only, but so, so I wasn't in danger.
0: <laughs> Wait, but that's the the Lisk, the, the Long Island serial killer?
1: Is that what they call him?
0: That's the famous one from Long Island who was killing sex workers. I didn't know that
1: they called him Lisk. I never heard they, that. They
0: made like a TV show about him recently. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I don't Joel remember. Rifkin is his name. He's very, oh, no, he's they, a big. You know what? no because they never caught the Long Island serial killer. Oh
1: okay yeah that sounds vaguely familiar. So this is a different. This guy was caught he also was like uh, part of a very famous um, Seinfeld episode. I think I think um, Elaine was dating a guy named Joel Rifkin and then he gets paged at a game or something and it's like everyone's like the serial killer (laughs) so it was like having the same name as a serial killer kind of thing. Here's like my weird thing with Joel Rifkin. I used to like listen to the radio when I fell asleep like that's how long ago this is and I really liked like alternative music so there was an alt station and I would listen to it all night and wake up uh, in the morning like still with it on uh but the night that they caught Joel Rifkin or the morning like the morning breaking news about it I thought I was dreaming that story because I was into true crime even as a child uh so I heard the whole thing like in my dream, and I woke up and I was like, "Wait, there's a serial killer." I was like, "Was that real, or did I dream it?" Because it was like a really creepy story, and it's creepy to be in the area where something like that's happening, even if you're not in the the
0: risk group. Like, well, I was in the risk group during poly class. Oh, poly class yeah. happened uh, in the county. North of where, yeah. the, the one county north of where Petaluma. in Petaluma, which is north of Marin County. Uh, so it's, you know, it's in the area that's like Northern Bay Area. Uh, and Polly Class was a girl who was kidnapped at a sleepover party that she had at her house that both parents were home. That's such a scary she- story. She was a couple of years like older than me. And the and I remember this story, I mean, this was like, it was actually became national news because Winona Ryder grew up in Petaluma, so she was very much like helping in the effort to...
1: Well, it was a pretty scary story because the other girl was in the room and saw him take her out well, of the window yeah it was like creepy and the- also it's creepy the parents are like in the house yes, like just the whole thing uh,
0: it, it's 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 a completely awful story i've thought about doing it for mysteries and macabre on our patreon before i mean it's just a horrific story but i remember when that happened when she was still missing and there were posters everywhere and like you know i'm i was a young girl like <laughs> yeah like, i mean it just it was one of those oh my god it could happen to anyone at any yeah. time yeah yeah
1: So I said I had a few news stories that were more funny to take us out of the scary uh, stories I just told, and let's get into those right now. The first one, you probably saw it on Twitter. It's, the headline is, Catholic priest caught and arrested for having a threesome on the church altar. This sounds really hot. <laughs> it sounds hot, but unfortunately, it's not like a hot priest. So devastating. It's not uh as hot as it could have been. So this Louisiana priest was placed behind bars last week after he was allegedly caught having a threesome on his church's altar. According to Nola dot com, the incident occurred on September thirtieth at St. St. Peter and Paul Roman Catholic Church in Pearl River, a passerby had peered into a window and saw three people engaging in group sex. Officers identified the individuals as 37-year-old Reverend Travis Clark, 23-year-old Melissa Chang, and 41-year-old adult film actress Mindy Dixon. The unidentified witness reportedly captured the sexual encounter on his phone. (laughs) (laughs) Just for... Just for fun. For evidence. (laughs) (laughs) And that was later reviewed by police. Authorities said when they arrived at the church, they found the two women in corsets and high-heeled boots with lights set up around them as if they were filming some type of event. Were they? Clark, who had worked at the church since 2019, was not at the altar when officers entered the building. He eventually appeared and told police that the women were guests and friends (laughs) who had permission to record themselves in role play. Although, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) although... (laughs) Police determined that the sex was consensual. All three suspects were arrested for obscene acts occurred that occurred on the altar, which is clearly visible from the street. Court documents state that prior to the arrest, Dixon had announced on social media she was traveling to New Orleans er, to the New Orleans area to defile a house of God with their (laughs) dominatrix. That's hot. See, that's hot. A Louisiana. uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. So. That's pretty much the story. I think it's funny that this priest tried to like act like it was not hap- like that wasn't what was happening here. But they they caught him fucking. He was well, the, it's on the video. He's in the mix. Yeah, he's in the mix. He's like. But to be honest, even if he's allowing them to f- film some kind of thing at the church, that's pretty. I think that's a fireable offense. Well, especially <laughs> if it's visible. Yeah, like he's doing it in the middle of the just day. Just an insane. Uh, thing to do. I mean, it's not the worst thing a priest has ever done. No, I will, let's be honest. This I is, will give him
0: that. I, this, I'm like, you know, considering <laughs> this, is, this is not that bad. Okay. Guys, get
1: ready to be excited because we have another shit story. Oh, a shit boy. crime. Now, this is from Mix95.7, their website. This story takes place in Michigan. Uh, so... Uh, W.L.N.S. reports that police in Van Buren Township, which is east of Ann Arbor, are looking for a man who went inside the Meijer, or Major, I think that's a grocery store in that area, I don't know how to say it, M E I J J E R. Major. I'm saying Major because I feel like it's probably not a silent J, or like a H, right? Yeah. Anyway, he went inside the store and took a poop in a box, sealed the box, and then put it back on the shelf. Just left it for someone else to come come across. (laughs) So, not a dick in the box.
0: A poop in the box.
1: (laughs) Well, I was going to say shit in the box. Oh.
0: (laughs) That makes more sense.
1: (laughs) Now, according to WLNS, it happened at the Mayher on Major on Belleville Road just before 4 p.m. So, like, pretty much in the middle of the day, day, he's going to do this. Just
0: before 4 p.m., people are doing their after work. Absolutely.
1: So, who obviously in their right mind comes up with this plan to go poop in the grocery store like in a box he literally pooped in the aisle Rachel and it's all on security cam what now
0: okay (laughs) keep reading keep reading
1: so WLNS says police are looking for the guy who also stole some merchandise before jumping into a light colored Ford Escape uh, so he did steal some stuff as well now one of the articles I read on this story said that The police, like that, they had the security footage and they posted it on Facebook. (laughs) But then the store asked them to please take it down because they didn't like that it was sort of tarnishing their,
0: their well, reputation. Well, it's a news story. Yeah, but he literally squatted
1: in the aisle. Like, <laughs> one thing I couldn't find, and believe me, I read like five articles. You know when you read these small stories and it's like the same five? Yes. They're all the same. There's yeah. like no new details. Right. Like there's just maybe a little personality of the writer. Yeah. Kind of makes some jokes. Well,
0: I what I need to know is what box was it? That's
1: what I want to know. I was like, did he open up a box of cookies, eat them all, and then shit in the box and put it back on the shelf? Did he bring an empty, small cardboard box that he could close back up and put on the shelf? Like, because
0: I, what I imagined was he opened a box of food, of some yeah. kind of you know a pantry staple, and he shat in it and then put it back on the shelf for some poor, unsuspecting customer.
1: I feel like it has to, for it to be a good prank, if you're going there, which I never would, you would want someone to... Uh, Oh, be like, oh look! I want to buy these chips ahoy. <laughs> like you would want them to buy it and open it,
0: and thinking see, it was going to be something else. I would be so sad I wasn't yeah. getting cookies, dude. Can you imagine? Like you, you're really hungry for some cookies, and you open, and there's a turd in there. So people
1: speculated also that he did he poop in the box, bring the box in, and put it on the shelf. No, he pooped in the store in the box. Video. Yeah. So they still haven't found this guy, but they know he's in a beige Ford Focus or whatever. Ford Escape. Ford Escape.
0: <laughs> I, look,
1: you know someone's like, I know who fucking, you know someone knows exactly who did They're this. They're like, that's Carl. Yeah, that's Carl, my fucking weird neighbor in a stupid fucking Ford Escape <laughs> that's always blocking the driveway.
0: Uh, so people also speculate, did he have a beef with the grocery store? Like, what is his deal? I hate these kind of pranks where it's like, you're just fucking over the people who work there. It's like, what is the point of this? Yeah, I I don't, there wasn't much information,
1: but it's like, do you have to like throw out
0: a lot of the food that's near the poop I box? I wouldn't want to get any box that touched that box. Even if the poop didn't touch it, I would still be like, oh, there's there's, there's poop fumes. Yeah. <laughs> There's poop particles, especially in this day and age, like, dude, we don't know that's like when people were going around licking the ice cream last year. Oh, can you imagine that was like a year ago, and people were doing that, and now it's like now that's like a horror movie, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I just don't get the kind of pranks that are like contain I hate contaminating food. I hate wasting food pranks. It just makes me so irritated, right,
1: um, so yeah. Those are my two little weird news stories
0: from this week. Well, those are really good ones, Desi. Now- Did you see? I have a news story. Oh. Unless you were going to- I have no more. Okay. Uh, It's on my phone, and it has to do with what we talked about this week on our main episode, which was Ed Gein uh, in Silence of the Lambs, and that is that Buffalo Bill's house is for sale. (gasps) Ooh. So if anyone's interested, this is from Bloody Disgusting- Posted on October 9th. You mean the house where he, those scenes are filmed? Yeah, not yeah Ed Gein's house, but Buffalo Bill in the movie. Where I remember that little green. It was like a mint green. This says, this is from Bloody Disgusting. For the first time ever, you can actually step inside Buffalo Bill's house from Silence of the Lambs as the property located on 8 Circle Street in Periopolis, Pennsylvania, is looking for a bile, buyer. The house is being sold by Eileen Allen and Shannon Assad's real estate company. The sisters sold it with a listing price of two hundred thousand nine. Wait, two hundred ninety-eight thousand dollars. And the note: quote This is a nearly two-acre property, it has a large three-car garage, and was previously the general store, post office, and train station in eighteen eighty. I think they're neglecting to mention what we really know it for. Right. You, you don't know it for the post office. <laughs> In 1880? (laughs) Yeah, don't you remember this place was a post office? And it was also... (laughs) This three-story Princess Anne Victorian uh, located in Periopolis... Oh, it does say it. Oh, good. ...was the home of Buffalo Bill in the Silence of the Lambs and is situated on 1.76 acres of level land along the Yohanegi River. According, original hardwood floors, woodwork, light fixtures, pocket doors, fireplaces, and wallpaper in pristine condition dating back to 1910 when mm-hmm. the home was built. Coolest of all, Eileen and Shannon are offering up a virtual video tour of the house to us all, which spotlights key locations inside the house Ooh. that were seen in Jonathan Demme's 1991 classic. And yes, the video even takes you down the infa- to the infamous basement.
1: Ooh.
0: Uh Now, the pit in the movie was, of course, filmed on a soundstage. So there is no pit in the basement. That knocks off 10 grand. Yeah. (laughs) Would you live in this house?
1: I mean, that wouldn't scare me at all. I'm I'm not going to live in whatever town that is. Periopolis, Pennsylvania? I don't even know where that is. I don't know where it is either. So that would be more my uh, hesitation. Yeah.
0: How close is it to Philly? It's not
1: like it was a real uh, serial killer. It was for a movie.
0: That's true. But I would still be creeped out by it. I mean, I think all old houses are kind of creepy. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's remarkable that my apartment complex isn't haunted because this place was built in 1920.
1: Oh, same with my house. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: this is, I mean, for California standards, this is a very old house. Yes. Uh, or building. Uh-huh. And, I mean, and it's old. Look. And it's yeah. old. No maintenance has been done on this yeah. place. It's a miracle. They it's kept haunted. it original. And you know what? <laughs> That's why it's so inexpensive to live here. <laughs> Because it's falling apart. Uh, so I'm really shocked that my building is not haunted. Yeah. Because I I have a very good sense of haunted places. Now it doesn't ever seem creepy. No, I've never seen a ghost here. I've lived here 10 years, never seen a ghost, never had anything weird happen. I mean, paranormal weird happen. Right. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. There's something about this house, even if it wasn't haunted. And I do like old houses. And I'm sure it's very cool looking yeah. inside with the original wallpaper. I just, there's something that would scare me so much. I mean, it's a pretty uh, scary movie. I mean, I would want to live in a house that was in another movie, like that wasn't a horror movie. Right. I can't, I'm
1: trying to think of a house I'd want to live in. I'm sure I've seen them. Right. Uh, Okay. So I wanted to move on to recommendations, but first I wanted to give two shout outs First of all, to our friend Kara, because oh, I was yeah. on her um, podcast last week, or I guess the episode's up this week. So I, I'm like, I have no idea what time, what day it is <laughs> anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I talk about the Chris Watts documentary, crime documentary on Netflix uh, that you should all go watch because Rachel's
0: watched it now. Can we talk about um, Kara's, the name of her podcast yes. is called Everyone's Business But Mine. Yes. I listened to this podcast. Uh, you know, all the time because she recaps reality shows and uh, some other pop culture things. Mm-hmm. She recaps real housewives. She recaps 90 day fiance, love after lockup. She's very funny and she has guests on sometimes. Yeah. I've been a guest on the show a few times and Desi was just a guest this past week. So go look for the the title of her episode. I was so, I couldn't believe I was so jealous of this title. <laughs> It was fucking incredible. She called it MLM for murder, or dial MLM for murder. Yeah, Excuse it's really me. funny. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, if you're interested in that case, which is a very interesting case, you should be. Uh, check out Kara's podcast. If you're not inter- interested in that case, still check out Kara's podcast, Everybody's Business But My Own. No, Desi. no sorry. it's a, What is it?
0: It's Everyone's Business But Mine. Everyone's Business But Mine. I'm so sorry. That's I'm okay. so tired. It's okay. Can we it's, talk, yeah, can I go talk ahead. about your episode? Yeah. So I listened to this episode that Desi was on, everyone's business but mine. Thank you. (laughs) It's the name of the show. Kara Berry. Hey. She listens to our show. Yeah. So it was so good. I was like, I loved hearing you guys talk about this Chris Watts documentary because obviously I agree with both of you on everything. Yeah. You guys like took the words right out of my mouth. It is a very chilling documentary. And I do agree; it was very, very well done. It is, it's like found, it's found footage. Yeah, uh, I talked about it last week too, right? Yeah. But okay. Yeah. That was before. No, that, you hadn't seen it. Yet. I hadn't great. seen it, so now I'm giving you my review. And it is on Netflix. You guys should watch it. It was really well done. I do, I do like the idea of a documentary literally being like completely un, unbiased by any testimonials or, or confessional or what are they? Right. Like, like people interviews. The commentary. The commentary. Like there was no commentary. It was just the police cam footage, the security footage, the Facebook videos, the Facebook messages, the text messages, the interrogation videos compiled. I mean, yes, there was editing done to it. Yeah. But it was just all the facts. Like it was all the evidence
1: I was so impressed by it because I we've had so many dud crime documentaries lately too. But this, I mean, this is good even without that, but it elevated it even more for me because I was like, oh my God, finally, like, that, this is incredible. That Madeline McCann documentary was <sighs> so boring. I couldn't believe it. I That is a case that I followed pretty closely when it initially happened. Really? I was interested in it because it was, like, scary and weird. And, like, there was, like, all this suspicion that the parents had done it. Uh, So when that Madeline McCain documentary came out, I was... I was interested in watching it. Right. And I was bored within like 10 minutes. I was like, I can't watch this.
0: I don't care. I (laughs) was so disappointed because I was excited because I didn't know too much about the case, even though I remember when it was happening. And I, I read some story. I knew like the basics of it. Right. But I didn't know like the intricate details. And I remember how awful it was that the parents were blamed and like that whole thing. But I, this was so boring. Yeah, it was very boring. I watched like two
1: episodes and I tapped out. I think I maybe got to two, but that was falling in and out a yeah. lot. Like yeah, I, was I just on kept Twitter. moving forward. <laughs> like, but yeah. Uh this one is good. The other shout out I wanted to give was some people texted or messaged us on Twitter that the Adam Buxton podcast gave us a really nice shout-out on their episode. From last week, I think. Yeah. Did you listen
0: to it? I did.
1: It was really great. Like he, He's like a comedian, and he did voices of people leaving us reviews. <laughs> Dude, the, he, when he was
0: imitating the woman who was criticizing our language. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. You know what? Adam nailed it. He was like, who is listening to a podcast, specifically a true crime podcast that swears out loud in their office? If someone was doing that in the office I worked in... I would fucking want to hit them. Yeah,
1: the review he read was complaining that she couldn't listen to it at work because of the language. But so it's, it's true. Who's listening to a podcast playing at work where everyone can hear it? I mean, I guess some people do it depending on your work situation. But but she gave be. It, but
0: she gave us a bad like a bad review, like a one star review because of that. Yeah. It I was thought, just funny to hear him do the voices. The voice, the voice was incredible. Um, yeah, I like his podcast. He, like I listened to it. He had Robbie Williams on. He has really good interviews. Uh, he's out of the UK, uh, and it was
1: a really great shout out. It was so, very sweet. Yeah, thank you, thank you so Adam. much. And go check out his podcast as well. Now, recommendations, TV shows. I actually have a few this week. I watched Ratchet. Ratchet. Sorry, Ratchet. Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how to say it. Ratchet.
0: N- Ratchet. Yeah.
1: So, this is a Ryan Murphy Netflix show. I heard that it was terrible, but for some reason it was late at night. I was like, oh, I'm just going to turn this on. If I fall asleep in five minutes, who the fuck cares? Well, I was up till 3 a.m. <laughs> watching like three to four episodes. I can't remember what it was. I finished it in two days. So, I was binging hard. Uh, I think it's like eight episodes. I can't quite say that it's like incredible, but it's very watchable. It has gorgeous set design costumes. It's like, you know, retro. So everything's done to a T. The acting, it's like Judy Davis, Sarah uh, Sarah Paulson. Paulson. Um, who else is in it? Uh, uh, <laughs> Amanda Plummer is in it. Playing wow. a kook, of course. So there's a ton of like great stars in it. Uh, oh, Corey Stahl, who I love. Yeah, um, He's really hot. He's in it. So yeah, I mean, if you want to watch something that's very campy, it has absolutely nothing to do with the character that's from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, but this is supposedly her origin story, um, I would watch it. There's really freaky sex stuff. It's set in a, um, an insane asylum or whatever it's called back then. So we just talked about that. Um, a few episodes ago when we talked about session nine. So yeah, check it out. I think I think it's definitely a campy guilty pleasure binge for sure. But if you have any like snootiness that it's not going to be canon, <laughs> then don't watch it. <laughs> but yeah, if I binge something in two days, I kind of feel like it must be kind of watchable. Yeah, it's, I consider
0: that that's good. You enjoyed it.
1: I burned through it. I mean. I'm not saying it's fucking whatever. I can't even think of a good movie right now. (laughs) I'm not saying it's like whatever, award-winning or anything like that, but it's definitely watchable. The other thing I started watching that I really like is called The Boys. It's on Amazon Prime. It is a, um, it's based on a comic book or a graphic novel. I can't, I don't know enough about this stuff. It's superhero related, but as you might have guessed, I'm not like a superhero person. This is good though, because all the superheroes are pretty much pieces of shit. It has very dark, darkly funny moments that I'm sure most people wouldn't even laugh at, but I was laughing. (laughs) So I think it's worth checking out. Uh, It's really good.
0: People seem to like
1: it. Like, I've seen. Well, our friend Andy recommended to me like a few weeks ago, and he's like, it's superhero, but like, you'll probably, you know, it's really good. It's not like superhero type stuff. Um, so I did eventually just, I was like, oh, I'll turn it on. Like, I did resist it a bit because of that, but it is good. It's definitely good. Um, it's definitely, it has that soap opera element that we always talk about wanting in our shows. No matter what the circumstances are, so it has that kind of soap opera aspect with the characters. You're vested in their stories. You know who's the star is um, Jack Quaid. Oh, uh, he's really good. He's like a. I feel like he's gonna have like a Colin Hanks type career. Colin where he's, Hanks. Colin Hanks. Yeah, like where he's like very successful in his own right, and he finds this little niche. Like, yeah, uh, he has that vibe to me. He's very good. He's really charming, kind of dorky. Um, so yeah. I have high hopes for that little young man. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, that's my Rex. Did you have anything? Well, uh, just finally started watching the new season of Fargo last night. Oh, I, I have only to watched do that. I only watched the first episode. Uh, you know, mostly just obviously, everyone knows I'm binging through Criminal Minds, and then I'm. Uh, I'm watching my horror movie, one horror movie every day for 31 Days of Horror, which I do every October, and I'm posting all the movies I'm watching on Instagram, at Childlike Empress, if you want to follow me there and see the movies I'm watching. I've been on a and Lauder kick mm-hmm. uh, the past two days, so I watched Basket Case the other day, which is, if you haven't seen it, it's insane. And uh, I also watched Brain Damage last night, I'm not going to watch Frank and Hooker, but I did watch that last year and it's one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't, if you haven't seen any of this guy's movies, you should watch them. My personal favorite is Frankenhooker. Hooker. Yeah. It's one of the best movies ever. Watch it. Get back to me. Uh, I gave you guys an assignment. Watch Martin. You need to watch Martin. Oh yeah. he? I do. Uh, so, uh, and then I'm watching Bake Off. Oh. Because Bake Off is back. I I saw that they had a bagel episode. Oh, they do?
1: Yeah. I just started watching this season. Um, someone on Twitter, of course, was mad. A Jewish person? I don't know if they were Jewish, but they were offended by the bagels. I don't know why. Did they
0: do like <laughs> uh, did they do like one of those rainbow bagels?
1: Or? Yes, I think the one I saw was a rainbow. But then our a friend of our a mutual friend of ours was like, Oh, I'm not offended. Like obviously they're not gonna be great bagels. <laughs> like right. you, know, you know what I mean? So and she
0: is Jewish. So she's like, Come on, like you know what I mean like Well yeah, I can't. I don't know how to make a Battenberg cake. Like these people can make shit. I I can't make a bagel. Right.
1: No, bagels are hard. I've tried. You have? Yeah. I tried a bagel and then I also have made these pretzel rolls that you have to do a similar technique. You have to boil them, right, uh first before baking them. It's just not the same as buying a really good bagel. Right. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I'm sure I could probably do it another time, but I just feel like Those need to be done in a professional grade kitchen (laughs)
0: situation. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, I don't know. I agree. Um, uh, Yeah, I love British Bake Off. It's really one of my favorite shows. I. It's so soothing. Yeah, I I, like it too. I love the Brits. Shout out to all our British listeners.
1: We have a lot of British listeners and Australian. I know. It's exciting.
0: Yeah. Someone uh, asked me because I did an Instagram AMA recently, and they asked if we would ever do a Hollywood crime scene world tour. And it's like, well, is. As soon as we're not in the middle of a pandemic, like, please. I know. That's literally my dream. I want to go to the UK, especially. Because we have so many listeners there.
1: Well, we have a lot of listeners there, but I've always wanted to go and I never have been. I've never been either. So it's definitely, that's my roots. I've never, oh, Desi, (laughs) that's your roots. I'm very Irish, UK, like British, Wales, like, that's all of my genes. And oh. and it shows I should be on the Misty Moors right now you I'm in so the desert. Pale. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've never been to Western Europe before. Yeah. I've loved So I would love, love to go. I would love to go to any I mean, you know I want to go to Italy obviously too. Oh, I want to go to a lot of places,
1: but definitely UK I've always wanted to go. Same. So Same.
0: That's on my it's on my bucket list guys and hopefully we and some point in the future we'll be able to do a live and show Once the there. vaccine happens. When we have a real vaccine. <laughs> trust us we, and no one
1: hates our country anymore <laughs> well <laughs> that uh,
0: might take a while i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon i think i don't i think look you we're know, working on it lo, lo, you know what <laughs> how many years have we had to figure this out too yeah. long okay okay we'll be there for uh, sure yeah uh what else am i watching i seriously i'm watching so much criminal minds i literally had a dream that um i was at summer camp with matthew gray goobler oh last night wow that's yeah. intense it was really intense. We were like best friends too. <laughs> we were like BFF. That seems like such
1: a quarantine dream Dude. Like where you're just fantasizing about being with people you don't even know.
0: Right. Someone I know from television, <laughs> some, a character I like on a TV yeah. show I watch. It was so oh stupid. my God. That's uh, really funny. Yeah. But he was a really nice guy in the dream. Yeah. I'm sure he's nice in real life.
1: What'd you eat? I don't think I had anything particularly interesting this week. Did did you? Did we have anything? No, we no. didn't. do we order? No, I, I haven't had anything interesting. I kind of. I'm still trying to struggle to eat more vegetables. I have been fantasizing about all the cereals we talked about. Oh, same. We got so many uh, messages about.
0: Cracklin Oat Brand. It really was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh our listener, uh one of our listeners, Ted, he sent in a beautiful picture to our email of shredded wheat that he was eating. Oh, right. And he I, had the whole biscuits. He had the they're called, he was like, they're called biscuits. I was like, they are called biscuits. Yeah. But that looked good and I made me want shredded wheat right then. Yeah. It's so good. I and- if I didn't have a complete clusterfuck of a day today. My plan and my plan for the past week was to surprise you when you got here with like a whole lineup of cereals. Oh my God. And we were going to have a taste test specifically <laughs> the blueberry morning. Like I was going to go find that. I did see that they still have it, but they changed the the package. Okay. So it's just not the one I remembered It's as not the like country time morning. Yeah. They went morning. with like
1: some wheat shafts on it or something like the... <laughs> Wheat sprigs. I
0: don't even know what they're called. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if they've changed the recipe though. So next week, I will have all the cereals. <laughs> I will buy all the cereals. I mean, Brendan likes cereal. He loves it. I'm, I'm curious about
1: Cracklin' Oat Bran. I am too. Because I, I haven't had it in so long. I don't know if I've ever had it. Really? It's so good. It's so good. It tastes like oatmeal cookies, but like mm. but not as sweet. And kind of more uh shreddy. <laughs> you know the text more textured? It has that kind of shreddy texture. I like a good
0: texture. Yeah, they're really good. Do you have any cereals that you think are disgusting and vile? Or or overrated? I don't like uh Lucky Charms
1: or Cheerios. What? Yeah.
0: Wait, you don't like Lucky Charms? Ugh,
1: I hate Lucky Charms. Is it because of the marshmallows? I don't mind the marshmallows. I don't like whatever that grain is, oats. In cereal, like I like corn, wheat, rice. (laughs) You don't like oat. I don't like oat. I like oatmeal and I like oats. I don't like that type of whatever the non-marshmallow part in Lucky Charms is. I don't like that. Whoa! I do not like Lucky Charms. I didn't like it as a kid. I haven't had it since. Like that would be my one probably shocking cereal. That is shocking. (laughs) I'm honestly shocked. I have had other cereals with fake marshmallows in it that I do like. I don't like the grain part of Lucky Charms.
0: See, I like those oatmeal squares. I talked about that on the
1: show. That I probably like, but there's something different about the Lucky Charms ones. So you don't, and Cheerios are also oats. Yeah. I don't like Cheerios. Like I've had honey nut Cheerios are okay. Yeah. Um, the, the plain, But it's not something
0: I'd ever, like, request. The like, I regu- would Yeah, it no, I'm not, like, a Cheerios person. I mean, I'll eat it, whatever. But, like, the ch- Cheerio, plain Cheerio ones, you're like, well, these really have no flavor.
1: It's not that I think it's... I wouldn't even say I think this is vile. No. Like, I, it's just not a flavor I care f- Like, I'd rather have something else. If I'm eating cereal, I'm not getting Lucky Charms. Like, there's no way. I'm getting Cocoa Pebbles. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, if I'm eating sugar cereal, I'm getting, like... Cocoa Pebbles or Fruit Loops. Like those are my two sugar cereals that I will crave sometimes. Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops is good.
0: Dude. I mean, that's see, I feel the same way. I'm like, you know what? Like they're not vile to me, but they're just like, And I I was never into the chocolatey cereals.
1: Oh my God. Cocoa Pebbles is the best cereal for me. Like as far as a sugar cereal goes. I love that one. It's better than Cocoa Rice Krispies. Like, as another cereal I do love is Rice Krispies. Like, I love Rice Krispies. I do, too. That's, like, one of
0: my favorite. They nailed the flavor of that. It's the perfect
1: non-sugar cereal. It's,
0: yeah, it's really good. I yeah. like the texture, too.
1: The texture and the flavor is good. Yeah. And I like putting banana in it, too, sometimes.
0: Mm. That's, like,
1: a classic old lady uh way of doing it i want right melon
0: cereal is so good i like a lot of cereals Uh, the one the cereal i don't like that i think is disgusting is um they don't make it anymore and this is a very hot take because i know people are probably like bring it back like it was awesome was the french toast crunch oh yeah do you remember that i don't like those cereals that much the
1: cinnamon toast one either Ugh. Cinnamon toast, like it's a little that has a little oat flavor to me.
0: It's not the oat flavor. <laughs> Fuck the oat flavor. It's that it's it's the sugar on top of it that bothers me. It's oh. like I don't like the crystally sugar on the uh, cinnamon toast. Crunch. Yeah, and I didn't like it. And those little it was like little bread squares. It was like little yeah. Bread, it was like bread shaped squares.
1: Two other cereal. Here's a few cereals I liked as a kid that I haven't tried in a really long time. Honeycomb. Oh my god, honey! <laughs> I loved honeycomb. Corn Pops was one of my favorite I loved corn pops.
0: (laughs) That one sucked. I could not believe the marketing campaign for that cereal, corn pops, that was like see, those were good drug PSAs because those kids were fiending for corn pops they were so good. Those kids in those commercials from my childhood for corn pops, these kids were having straight up fucking withdrawal symptoms and complete meltdowns that they couldn't find the corn pops in their house. And then at the end of the commercial, they find the corn pops. Gotta get my pops. Gotta get my pops.
1: (laughs) Another cereal that's very good. I don't think they make it anymore. It was called s'mores. Now it was like golden grams that had some chocolate on them. And then it had fake uh, white little fake marshmallows in it. Yeah. Uh, and it was so good. I
0: love Golden Grams. Just Golden, golden grams, grams is good. Yeah. I I ate like we eat like a box of those when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I go to my friends' houses because they had the good cereal there. Yes, I had all the healthy cereals. There was I like
1: the healthy cereals. There's a few sugar I like, but the sweet spot is the sort of sweet ones like Golden Grams. <laughs> like yeah, they're, and that's what Cracklin' Oat Brand. That's the category. That's it's the like sweet it's spot.
0: healthy-ish, but it's a little sweet, right? Yeah, like I I, I like that. Please. Uh, Give us come at us, uh, at reply us, email us. If you also had hippie parents and you couldn't have all the good cereal at your house, my mom would buy us some sugar cereals, but that would
1: be um, gone very fast because that would be what I ate after school every day with cereal.
0: We had treats at my house, but we just didn't have like. If there was like, if it was like overloaded with like dyes or artificial flavors, like it was not in my house.
1: I definitely didn't have, I was allowed to have sugar cereals occasionally. I didn't have as much as everyone, but it, but it was definitely not like a thing we were forbidden. The other thing I loved as a kid, which was my mom considered a waste of money, was the little boxes that came in like a pack of eight. I like always wanted
0: those because I just liked the cute. Like, I loved the packaging. Yeah. So it was like four cereals usually. I mean, to me, it's so funny thinking about how, like, they still make these cereals and they're marketed to kids. Like, it is just candy. Yeah. I it's mean... It's not a healthy, well round. I breakfast. honestly don't even want to eat these cereals, these sugar ones. Like, I don't even want to eat them with milk. I just want to eat them out of the box. I want to eat them with milk, but I don't eat them for breakfast. I eat them at midnight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I eat multiple bowls. <laughs> After taking an edible, that's like the best midnight snack to me because it's like you don't have to cook. Right. It's really satisfying. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily like a snack, it's like a something
0: substantial. I don't know. Oh, I'm thinking the one that's the worst cereal. This is my take the worst sugar kid cereal of all time has to be Captain Crunch.
1: Oh. Have you? That is disgusting. Because of the texture? Well, A, because it's like mini loofahs. That's it's very texture. hard on your mouth. Those are like the flavor isn't bad to me. And I did love crunch berries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hated Captain Crunch. I hated the fucking cartoon captain. I hated his fucking eyebrows on his hat. I hated it. And I hated his fucking cereal that tore up the mouth. Yeah. There's a really good
1: sort of healthy cereal that's I call it healthy Captain Crunch that I really like. It's called Panda Puffs. Oh,
0: yeah. I've and had I those.
1: also like Gorilla Munch.
0: Dude, I had all these cereals in my house as a kid. All Those the ones, two are so good. All the healthy ones, and you can find them at like Trader Joe's and those stuff. Those are like
1: healthy sugar cereals. Right, but
0: we had all those in my house.
1: Gorilla Munch is so good. I love Gorilla Munch.
0: <laughs> I liked Puffins. Oh, Yeah. Puffins do you know? Good. <laughs> speaking of puffins, I think the tweet that made me follow Mark Marin back in the early days of Twitter was because he tweeted that he had eaten an entire bag of or box of puffin cereal, <laughs> and I was like, I relate to that. It's such a specific. I've done that. Yeah,
1: I've totally eaten because it's it. so not sweet. You really cr- you can kind of do it.
0: Yeah, you know they're similar to those oatmeal squares I like. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to try those oatmeal squares. Here we go
1: talking about cereal again. You know what else is good? Uh, life. Life cereal. <laughs> Have you ever had it? Of course. I like now that's a good crystally sugar that's like inside the little woven parts. There's like a little bit of sugar. Like the
0: wheat ones or the, the rice.
1: Well, there's corn life. Chex. There's checks. Checks is different. Life is uh, what Mikey liked. Oh. Okay. And then there's cinnamon life okay. too. <laughs> get it get it straight. Okay, Rachel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about apple jacks? I definitely ate it. I haven't had in a really long time. I remember liking it slightly as a kid, but it wasn't like my favorite. Yeah,
0: I've probably had like every cereal. Also, another commercial where those kids are little shits. A is for apple. <laughs> no, no, it was not it. it was, there was various commercials, okay. Rachel. The, the campaign that I'm talking about is the one where it was a bunch of little shit kids all eating Apple Jacks on like a stoop or something and some adult comes by and the adult's like, hey, what are you eating? And the little kid's like, fuck off, grandma. And then... In a commercial? <laughs> <laughs> that was the subtext. Okay. And then the uh, grandma would be like, well, those don't even taste like apples. Why do you like them? And they go, we just fucking do.
1: Wow. Mine I'm- was more like,
0: A is for apple. <claps> J is for jacks. <claps> okay. Cinnamon, toasty, apple jacks. <laughs> Okay. Well that was obviously an earlier commercial. But this one kids were sweet. This one, (laughs) I'm saying in the nineties it was all about being very cool, disaffected youth. Right. In the commercials. I mean. Yeah, you wouldn't even know grandma. Yeah. Applejack cereal. (laughs) I'm gonna show you one of these commercials after (laughs) we record because I'm telling you, the I hated these kids even as a kid. I was like, You're not that, like, oh, I think these kids should be nicer to their elders. I was just like, these yeah. kids are dude She's bags. not saying you should respect your elders. No, I'm not we, it's a case by case. It's a case by case <laughs> basis. These kids were just irritating. Yeah. Okay.
1: Send us, send us some cereal uh, Keep send You
0: know what? We talked about cereal last week. We're talking about it again. It's a, it's an, that's our thing. It's a really... <laughs> we'll out of cereal hot, soon. It's a hot button issue. I know there's someone who listens to the show who's like, fuck you. I love Captain Crunch. Yeah. Uh, please. Why do you like yeah. eating loofahs? Yeah. Tell us. Uh, Captain Crunch is fucking popular. Well, obviously they still make it. Yeah. There's cereals out there. I'm like, how do they still make this?
1: I want to go through a cereal aisle right now. <sighs> And rate them. I do too.
0: I want to rate them. We should go there with a bunch of. We post-its. should do like five a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do five new cereals a week. Test them. That's five a, a week. really good activity.
1: Um, we yeah. should group them by like similarities. So it's like Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles, Cocoa Crisps. Like, oh, all
0: like rate? No, I was thinking like the fruit flavored cereals, like Fruity Pebbles, Fruit Loops, and okay. Apple Jacks. Oh yeah, that's good. And then we do all the peanut chocolatey. butters. Ugh, I hate okay here's something weird about me I like peanut butter but I hate peanut butter flavored things Yeah, I'm, I mean I can see that but there are some that I don't mind and I don't like peanut butter in pies I don't like it in smoothies I don't like it in milkshakes get it out of there the only time I want peanut butter is like in a PB&J or like in peanut sauce
1: wow that's too extreme for me I it's good in other things get
0: it out of a fucking smoothie ice cold peanut butter fuck off Oh, I like it in a smoothie. I know. And I've
1: put Nutella in a smoothie. I
0: know I'm the odd person out here. But one time I drank a smoothie sample thinking it was mango, but it was peanut butter. Well, that's a bad I'm traumatized for life. But because thinking you're gonna chug a mango smoothie and then you're getting ice cold peanut butter down your gullet, I was seriously scarred for life. Well, you gotta not do too much peanut butter for sure. This was like drinking cold peanut butter. Yeah, I don't like that. It was gross. Uh, get it out of my pies. I don't want it in my pie. I know. I know. Oh, the cookies. I like peanut butter cookies. I
1: like peanut butter, but it can be overdone. I'm not like someone who's like ape shit for peanut butter. Like some people love it.
0: Dude. I don't want it in my cereal.
1: I do like Panda Puffs. So it's a very subtle peanut butter. It's flavor. very subtle. Yeah. I agree.
0: It's tolerable. Yeah. It's very tolerable. Um, Okay. Okay. We'll figure it out, guys. All right. Maybe.
1: <laughs> we'll get it together. What a together. sign off. We'll figure it out, guys. Just. We've I mean, only been doing the show for two years. <laughs> not even
0: three years. Oh, Dude, brother. We started in 2017. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. We're still idiots. Okay. All right. Have well, a good week. Bye. Bye.